Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Oh my God. Oh my God, I love you today, Jesus. I love you because you first loved me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the name of God. Amen. We're going to go into the word. Hallelujah. There's a word in the word for us today. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, we're going to read for you here and once more. Acts, the first chapter, the fourth through the eighth verse. Hallelujah. And then I want to read, I want to go over to Acts 3. Hallelujah. And read 1 through 7 as well. So Acts 4 through 8. I'm going to hold this up. It's a little difficult to see. Amen. And it says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's turn over to chapter three. Going to read one through seven. Acts three, one through seven. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God, that in you there is victory. Hallelujah, Lord God. We thank you for your presence in this place on today. Now, God, as I speak, Lord God, you speak, Lord God. This is your time. This is your word, Lord God. You be glorified in and through me. None of me, Lord God, and all of you. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We honor the Lord today. We honor our bishop, Bishop Jackson, who is on the mission field in the Dominican Republic right now. We honor Lady Jackson. We honor the elders and ministers, and we honor you, the Lord's people. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, the sermon title for today is A Simple Formula. A Simple Formula. And so um, when the Lord gave me this, I was thinking about the word formula, and my mind immediately went back to my days in middle school and high school. I thought about my math and science, which I wasn't very good at. Um, and so in the world of academia, uh, specifically in science and in math, there are formulas. 
There are scientific formulas, there's chemical formulas, and there are mathematical formulas. Um, and when I was thinking about formulas, the first one that came to mind was the one I really I was I didn't like was the Pythagorean theorem. Anybody familiar with Pythagorean theorem? You remember that from high school? Uh, a squared plus B squared equals C squared. You got the hypotenuse of the triangle and all that jazz. I didn't really care about that because I didn't. I wasn't gonna use it. I wasn't a math major or any of that stuff. And I was like, why we gotta learn this stuff? makes no sense to me. This is not a formula that I need that's going to help me solve any of life's challenges and problems. Then you got your Excel formulas. Y'all know your spreadsheets. You know, when you take that Microsoft course and you have to do, um, make the spreadsheets and use the, the Excel formulas for the sum and all those computations. Yeah, outside of Excel, I'm, I'm not going to use those, you know, besides Excel. So they, they don't necessarily have a, a, a relevance or a um, or anything that I would need in my everyday life. Um, and so when stuff is messed up or I'm looking for direction or I don't know what words to say in a situation or how to deal with the person, Pythagorean theorem might not necessarily help me in those situations. And sometimes we get in situations where we try to come up with our own formula, our own way of working things out, our own way of getting things done. You muscle through things and you come up with a, a little bit of this and you decide to do that, and maybe I'll, I'll call this person on the phone, and I'll read a little bit of this to maybe help me get some clarity or to help you wrap your brain around a particular issue. And sometimes the things we come up with, the formulas that we come up with, can make things worse, or they can cause things not to necessarily work or to become more complicated. Um, and when things become more complicated, that doesn't help anybody. It makes you confused, it makes you frustrated, and it leaves you still with no solution. And so we need a solution. And so what the Lord said to me was that there is a solution. There is a simple formula. It's profound, and it is a necessary formula for every part of your life. It's the formula that we need to make it every day as believers, and that is the Holy Spirit. So the simple formula is the Holy Ghost. And so you cannot and should not leave the Holy Spirit out of any equation. It cannot be left out of any equation because it is vital. Your very life depends on it. So when Jesus ascended to heaven, he sent us a great gift. He let the disciples know that he wasn't going to leave them comfortless. He was going to leave them with the paraclete, the helper. The Holy Spirit. So I was thinking about our Bible study last week, and um, we studied the uniqueness of Christ in his ascension and present ministry. And this chapter was so good. It was so, so good. We have our class on Thursday nights um, at 6.30, and um, Brother Jonathan teaches our class. And so we talked about the importance of Jesus's ascension. We talked about how sometimes we focus on the death and we focus on the resurrection, but sometimes we kind of skate past the ascension and don't really talk about that much. And um, it's just something that really caught my attention. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, and so we discussed the importance of Jesus's ascension. And after Jesus prophesied about his ascension in John 16 and seven, he went on to say this. He said, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. That means there's a benefit there is a benefit there. If I do not go away, 
Here is the benefit. The helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. His ascension initiated access to our most, our most powerful formula, and it just so happens to live on the inside of us. That formula live, lives on the inside of us, and it comes into play in every way. Jesus said this. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So without the spirit of Christ, you are paralyzed when it comes to doing true, meaningful things from being truly productive in life. You won't have meaningful productivity without the Holy Spirit operating in your life. You cannot produce fruit without the spirit of Christ. That is the formula. And I know this is something that we've heard countless times, and I know some of us have been saved for a long time, but we always have to be reminded of our biggest asset. Our biggest asset from time to time, we need to be reminded about that. And so the thing about this biggest asset is that he is a sure win. That is a sure win. That song said that you're never defeated. So that means the outcome is that you win. It's a sure win. He's the perfect formula for the toughest situation, for the biggest task, for the biggest equation in life. And more importantly, when the spirit lives in you, it testifies about the Jesus who saved you. When the spirit lives inside of you, it testifies about the Jesus who saved you. That's how we're able to witness to people. People need to know about your encounter. They need to know that the spirit of God lives on the inside of you. And you need not fear what you're going to say or how you're going to say it or whether it will be received when you're talking to someone about Jesus. The spirit in you testifies about Jesus. This is what the scripture says. John 15 and 26 says, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the, from the father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the father, he will testify about me. He will testify about me. So in this critical time that we're living in, people need to see Jesus and they need to hear about his love for them through you. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to do that. And when the Holy Spirit came, the disciples began to preach the gospel. They began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and they preached it with power and they preached it with authority. There was no magic. There was no sorcery, but the pure and perfect Holy Spirit working in them. The same power lives in you. The same power lives in me. Glory to God. In the book of Acts, second chapter, 17th verse, while Peter was preaching to the people, he quoted the scripture from the book of Joel, second chapter, verses 28 through 29. God said he was pouring out his spirit on all humanity. He said, then your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I want you to notice the verbs in that sentence. Okay, this draws on our English classes. Notice the verbs in the sentence. Prophesy, see, dream. Verbs are action words. We learned that in second and third grade, that verbs are action words. The spirit is poured out on us for kingdom action, for doing. It has been impressed upon us from the beginning of the year up until now that the time for doing is now. We have the Holy Spirit. We have our helper for this work. 
It's not something that you have to do through your own strength or through your own power, but the Spirit of God lives in you. and The Spirit of God in you will testify about Jesus to the people that you encounter. The time is now. Amen. The time is now. now I want us to move to the third chapter of Acts. And we read that before we begin. And so here, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the three o'clock hour of prayer. And there was a lay man at the temple gate called Beautiful. And he asked them for help. Why did he ask them for help? Because there was a need. There was a problem. He needed a solution, a formula, if you will, a formula. I'm so glad that he asked. And you know why? The reason why I'm glad he asked is because the helper was in them and he was with them, just like he is in you. And so what did they say? How did they respond to this man who had a problem, who had a situation, who needed help? They said, I don't have silver and gold, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And then what happened? He, he got up and he began walking and leaping and praising God. So then this is what happens. So then Peter and John, they had to face the Jewish leadership after the lame man was healed by the power of God working in them. And they had to appear before them because they wanted to know by what power or in what name they had healed this man. And so Acts 4 and 8, it says, and this is the Holman Christian Standard Bible version. It said, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to start right there. The power of the Spirit enabled them. It gave them the boldness to speak before these men. These were the very men who aligned against Jesus during his trial. He simply gave himself. Peter gave himself over to the Holy Spirit. And look at what happens when you give yourself over to him. He does mighty things through you and in you. He speaks mightily. He spoke mightily through him. Now, if we jump down to the 13th verse, if you jump down to Acts 3 and 13, he says, when they, or 4 and 13, when they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated men, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. Verse 14 says, and since they saw the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in response. I imagine that if Peter and John were here, that might be a time for a mic drop. Nothing to say. That was it. The spirit of God was in them. It left the people speechless, left them speechless. These were fishermen. These were not seminary men. These were fishermen. They were fishermen who were being used by the almighty God for his purposes and his plans. What did they do? They yielded to the Holy Spirit. And people were just amazed by what it was that they declared. So the spirit of God in them testified about Jesus. So we have to let the Holy Spirit have its way, have his way in us. You don't need to be the most articulate person. You don't have to have a title or a degree for the spirit of God to testify about Jesus through you. The time is now. There are no more excuses. We've been sitting under the teaching and preaching for a long time. 
God will enable us. The spirit of God will enable us to do things that we're not qualified to do on paper. That we're not that we're not qualified to do on paper. The word says that there is a treasure in you, a treasure in you. The scripture says so. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, seven through the ninth verse. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power of that the, the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Enabled to do things that we're not qualified to do on paper. The Spirit of God will enable you to do things. It will enable you to ace that presentation that you have been praying about and mulling over. He'll empower you to blow that interview out of the water, to minister to hurting people. He will speak to you about innovative strategies and ideas to get things done in the kingdom. Then what happens is that the kingdom is advanced. Yokes are destroyed, and people see Jesus in you. He'll enable you. So there are a few things I want to share about allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us. Three points, and then I'm done. First one, Galatians 5 and 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is joy, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This is the NIV version, and I like the NIV translation of the last verse, keep in step with the Spirit. So the Greek word for keeping step is stoikomen, stoikomen. And so this is a military word, and it means to stay in formation. Stay in formation. And so it's a military word. So what the soldiers would do is that they would line up in ranks and files. And then in order to maintain good military discipline, they would stay in line as they marched. So the Holy Spirit is like God's drill sergeant. This is how a writer described it. I was reading this article. He talked about how the Holy Spirit was God's drill sergeant. And it is his job to keep us in line. And as he gives commands, we stay in formation. We keep in step with him. We follow him. We do what he says. And then we also lean on him. So we have to let the Holy Spirit be a part of every move that we make. We have to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And we don't want to operate out of the will or out of step with the Holy Spirit and not be in touch with the Holy Spirit. Because then what happens is you become ineffective in warfare. You become ineffective in warfare. In the book of Acts, you remember in the book of Acts, in the 19th chapter, the 13th verse, the Lord was performing miracles through Paul and there were some Jewish exorcists. Um, and they tried to cast out demons in Jesus' name. Try to cast out demons in the name of somebody you had no relationship with, first of all. And then you had the seven sons of Sceva who tried to do the same thing. And then what, what did the demon say? He said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Who are you? So there was no power because there was no relationship. They weren't abiding in him, and he wasn't abiding in them. So there was an absence of the Holy Spirit. 
So they tried to use the name of Jesus like a magic formula, and it did not work. They were not in step with the Holy Spirit. They were not in formation. He didn't live on the inside of him. So they were ineffective in this spiritual warfare against this demonic, this demonic force. And so we want to stay in step and we want to operate in the spirit. So the second point I want to make is that we need to walk in authority, walk in authority. So Acts 1 and 8 says this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The disciples, men of meager means, they were empowered to do mighty things through the Holy Spirit. And that power continues in the people of God, in the body of Christ, in the church today. The time is now to move in that same authority. So then in the Bible, in the book of Luke, ninth chapter, it's all in the word, first verse, says when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the, proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Peter and John walked in this authority in Acts 3 when a lame man was healed. He has given us power and authority to be wielded for his glory and for his glory only. So the third point I want to make, relinquish control. Relinquish control. Some of us have control issues. We got to have our hands on everything. We want to see the outcome. We want to control when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, how quickly he speaks to us, what he's going to say to us. You're doing too much. You're doing too much. The Holy Spirit does not need your help. It's so important to let go and let him lead. You hear people say that phrase, let go and let God. But you legitimately need to do that. You need to let go and you need to allow God because you cannot control him. You just end up frustrating yourself. And sometimes I recognize that it feels hard sometimes to let go or to wait for direction. Especially when you've been praying and you've been praying and you've been praying and you hadn't heard anything and you're still praying and you start to get nervous and anxious. God, are you going to speak? Do you hear me? Are you listening? Are you listening? I promise you he hears you. I promise you that he will not lead you wrong. The Holy Spirit will never lead you wrong. He is the comforter, the helper, and the guide. So let him lead. Because remember what the word says, apart from me, you can't do nothing. You, can't do, can, you can do nothing. So this brings me to the last thing I want to share. And I, I want to mention this because the Lord laid it on my heart. Friday morning as I was getting ready for work. Um, and it's so, it's so important that we remember the excellency of the power of God. And remember that the power is of God and not of us and not of us. Some time ago, I can't remember exactly when. Jonathan, you might remember. But I remember Brother Jonathan talking um, about this new age concept of manifestation. I don't know if any of you have heard people talking about that. We were on one of our, our Zoom calls, I believe, on a... Um, either it was Bible study on Thursday night or either our Sunday night Zoom call that we have to prepare for teaching um, the, the chapter. So folks out here 
talking about manifesting things, manifesting their dreams and causing this and that to happen or manifesting the house they wanted or manifesting the car or a job or a man, whatever. They believe that if they want something bad enough in this new age thinking about manifestation, that if they want something bad enough, they think strongly about it with positive thoughts, with positive energy, you can draw that thing to yourself and cause it to manifest. Newsflash, nothing happens without the sovereign God allowing it. You didn't manifest a thing. You might have worked for the money, sure, okay? But at the end of the day, God is the source. He's the source of the very air we are allowed to breathe. The very air that we have the privilege of breathing, okay? The breath that allows us to get up in the morning and move and do things. He is our source. So I want you to be careful, especially our, our young folks, our beautiful, wonderful young people. Be careful not to be drawn to this new age thinking. Because apart from him, you can do nothing. Remember this, that the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. That's Psalm 24 and 1. He gets the glory. Okay, Believing that you are manifesting something, it puts the spotlight on you and not on him. You should testify of Jesus. He gets the glory. Okay, And so we don't want to liken ourselves to a God because that's a dangerous place. And so the Lord is saying to be steadfast in this hour because all kinds of things are coming at us. All kinds of things are coming at our, our children, at young people. You'd be surprised some of the things I hear, even from elementary age children, things that the enemy is trying to put into our children's heads, trying to indoctrinate them with something that is not the will of God. So we have to be on our post when it comes to our children, when it comes to ourselves and what we are consuming. Okay, we can't be swayed by every post that we read, every fad, every conversation, every catchy phrase. But what we can do when we are in need of something is activate our faith. What we can do is align ourselves with his word. What we can do is ask according to his will and watch him move according to his will because he desires good things for us. And so we don't have to try to manifest something on our own. The Lord will do the work because apart from him, remember, we can do nothing. And so as I close, I just, I just want, want you to remember and to know that the Holy Spirit is an integral part of everything that we do. Take the time to slow down and listen to him as he speaks. When we get in a frenzy, when we get frustrated and we try to muscle our way through things, we miss things. And he wants to speak to us. He wants to be our tour guide in this life. He does not want to be left out of the equation and shouldn't. Amen. Amen. So at this time, we are going to pray. We're going to pray for those who might not know who Jesus is, who wants the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of them. So if you're watching right now or you're here with us and you want to experience what the word talks about, the power and the authority that we have in the Holy Spirit, pray this prayer with me today. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for who you are in my life. I recognize that I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. 
Lord, I need you. I need you, God. I believe, Lord God, that you died for my sins, that you rose again, that you ascended, Lord God, and you sent your Holy Spirit for me. Lord, I want you to come into my life and rule in my life. Thank you for forgiving me for my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with us today, you are part of the body of Christ. We want to connect with you. So I encourage you, send us a message on Facebook. Send a message to, you can go to topraise.org. That is our website. Again, that is topraise.org. And that is a way for you to connect with us. Let us know that you've given your life to the Lord. We want to connect with you and help you join us or find a Bible teaching church to be a part of. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well. And give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.